Episode 20. All right, we are on, and I'm not going to drop an F-bomb. I was going to say so. you're going to drop an F-bomb <laughs> off the game. <laughs> Has your mom sure. listened to that podcast yet? Uh, I don't know if she's listening to this yet. <laughs> <laughs> I keep waiting for you to walk in like, my mom freaking listen to my that podcast. My mom listens to it. No, she probably will eventually, and then she'll be like, what the hell is that for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you said she's a pretty consistent listener, huh? Uh, I would say somewhat, somewhat. Like she, she'll text me here and there and be like, "Hey, I listen to so and so podcast okay. or whatever like that." But I don't know if she keeps up like on the dot with them. What each one um, each yeah. week? Yeah, but I do think she like should definitely listen to one here or one there. Yeah, kind um, of. Back she kind of picks and chooses because she knows this kind of like for our members, and mm-hmm. so if it's like one that kind of sounds like it's for our members, she she gets out of there real fast. Yeah. But if it's like kind of more for like the public, then she'll listen to it. Two things off topic uh, before we really, get, really kind of dive into, like, I guess, the subject. Well, first off, who won last night at Golden State? Golden State. They crushed? Yeah. Game crushed, one? Crushed, yeah. yeah. Not even close. Not even like a good game to watch. Really? <laughs> that sucks. Game. It was like 109 to like 89 or something. I, I didn't watch any of it last yeah, night. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that fun. I kind of figured that was going to happen. That's the feeling I got, but I wasn't sure. Uh, it just, the way I think about the series is like Luka Doncic is kind of like, carrying this team kind of like LeBron did like way back when he was mm-hmm. young and I feel like Golden State is like the one team you would not want to face like that I don't know because they've been they're like they've the one in Wrecking Crew that's what I'm saying like they've seen everybody they've seen LeBron four different times in the finals like they've seen this before yeah and so they know how to handle yeah, it I don't, I don't know if Luka can do it I think he's really good but I don't think he can beat the Golden State like mm-hmm. that uh, a different coach, maybe, but I think Steve Kerr's got this. He's got it down. Now. I think we need to do a spin off the Hurricane Sports Podcast. Okay. But okay. I, like, I'll be asking you all the questions. So you get. It, oh, you, I get to. I get to answer. Yeah, because one time, because during football season, we're doing the podcast. You know, Kayla's listening to the podcast, and she was saying, so you can definitely tell is very passionate about his sports. About like, sports. That's definitely his <laughs> thing that he likes to talk about. I can sure. definitely talk about sports. So we do a Hurricane Sports Podcast. I'm down. I'm down. I can give you all my off. opinions. We can do once a week uh, fitness related and once a week sport related. Sport related? Okay. Okay. We got a big argument the other day at 3 o'clock. Who? You and Gerald? Uh, me, Gerald, uh, and Jacob got in a big argument. About basketball? About basketball. About basketball. Because we were talking about the 96 Bulls and then we were talking about the 2015 Warriors. And we were thinking about like who's the best like all who time? would win. And my argument was that the Bulls, like if Golden <laughs> State were to time travel and play the Bulls in 96, the Bulls would crush. They, like in that time, in that era, there's no way they would win. But I think if the 96 Bulls were to travel to 2015 and play Golden State in our era and mm-hmm. our rules now and like the three points and all that, I don't think it would even, like it would probably be close, but I don't think they would win. It's always a tough deal because it's always. You can't compare errors. Well, that's in sports, like, that's, that's my thing. Yeah, like, in sports so are always constantly like, who was the greatest of all time, right? So you have a guy that's 20 years difference from each other, right? Yeah. And the sport's completely different than it it's was totally 20 years world, ago. man. Um, and so that like that's why I don't like to compare like old versus new. But if I were to have to say it, I'd put it into terms. Like yeah, that. I guess the only way you could go about comparing like when it comes to sports is like how dominant someone was in that particular era. Well, you compare that. That's the only right. way. Is like you can't really compare them like one on one. You can't say well if they were to go one on one against each other like this guy is definitely better than this guy. And it's kind of kind of like one of those deals of well who is more dominant in that particular in era, that era right you know so to speak and I guess it's. Like, even do the same thing across it, like with Matt Frazier and, and Rich Froning. Rich Froning. Right? Like, if you take it, like, even though they're technically, I guess, in the same era, because cross is such a relatively new sport, you know, if you look at how Matt Frazier won the cross against how Rich Froning is won the cross against, you'd have to say Matt Frazier is just because of the, the point spread that point he, difference, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, you take like Rich Froning. Yeah. Straight up dominance. Because they say, it, like, for instance, like, 
probably I think the most dominant year I was running at was 2012. And you take Matt Frazier's, I guess maybe it was his last. I don't know which one he was like his most dominant year. He was either the last year with Toomey, Toomey the year before. I don't know. Well, there's one where like Noah Olsen was kind of like right there. I like close with him for like the first couple of days. Well, yeah. like near the very end, he knew the last workout. Oh, really? Um, but there was, he had broken the record for like the biggest point spread. But if you take those guys and match them up, like prime against prime, obviously Matt Frazier wins. But that, that era is so different when things were kind of up and coming. Yeah. Like for me, Rich Ryan is always going to be a little bit of an idol for me. Well, he's kind of like he's kind of like you, when you think of CrossFit, you think of Rich from. Like, well, he doesn't the, go to Matt Frazier. Well, he's the guy who really transformed the sport. He really. paved the way. He like yeah. he showed you like how much you can actually work out. Yeah, like he was the guy that like, everybody was trying to get to and, and and beat. And like he was the one who really transformed in my eyes at least to to the sport to where it is now mm-hmm. you know and matt frazier was kind of the back end of that uh where he just kind of handed the torch over to him and he can't he maintained that dominant spell but just the way he transgender like transgender not transgender <laughs> transition <laughs> sport uh, was a, a a big move you know so in my eyes like when it comes to like just an idol Definitely for Rich Froning for me, but if you take it on a logical standpoint, on pen on paper, like who's the most dominant, who's the best of all time, it has to be Matt Frazier, no doubt about it. But I always have a soft spot for that Rich Froning because that's that's what I. Well, that's that's how I got started. That's that's who got me into it. Like I mean, mean, he had the only videos on YouTube for forever. Like I mean, like I mean, he was the only person you could like actually go and watch work out. Yeah, I mean, when I got started doing CrossFit, it was 2011, and that was the year, the year Rich Froning won his first one. And I remember watching videos. I do. I was like, "This is this is ridiculous." This is it. Yeah. This is it. I remember twenty twelve. Um, his headband. Mm-hmm. I always think about his headband. The headband. Where, you know, always wearing his headband. Um, but yeah, that's definitely like brings me back to like, yes. start the CrossFit. And then uh, I guess it's I kind of off topic again. But I was just, have you seen the Liver King? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So obviously I know your answer. I'd hope I know your answer on this. <laughs> Obviously, enhanced or not enhanced. Enhanced. Oh, enhanced. It drives me up a freaking wall. You can't tell wall. that dude's not enhanced. It drives me up a wall that dude claims that he's not. There's no way he's not. There's no way. For one, you can look at it. I feel like it's, it's just his skin. Like There's well, the, no way he looks healthy. That's what I'm saying. Those guys that are usually performance enhanced just have that certain look well, to them. To me, I always think about it as like you can, like the, from like their traps, like I don't know what it is about the traps, dude. It just does not look natural. Mm-hmm. Like the way they like they form and like the way his upper back is. I don't know. It is not natural, man. Well, usually, like uh, one of the not always, but one of those key takeaways. Like usually, it's it's kind of weird when you see a guy's got like that GH gut where they're they have ass, but like it's like He's almost on top like of a beer a belly. Gut, to almost, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a weird look to it, you know. And uh, it's more of a stomach. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a, it's a weird <laughs> look and. It just drives me insane because, I mean, really the whole entire essential part of it is, you know, they're selling supplementation, mm-hmm. right? So you're trying – so a degree, when somebody looks at somebody like him, even though he's trying to sell, like, these nine ancestral tenets Bills, that he's right. trying to live by, whatever, uh, that you look at the guy and people see him, they're like, he's like, well, I don't – you know, this is how I live and I don't I don't do steroids like that. So people are like – well, he does these supplements, so that's the thing that's going to get me to make him look yeah, that way, exactly. right? And it's like right. it's such a false narrative that pisses me off when it comes to like the whole fitness spectrum thing, especially when it comes like on the male side, is that what is realistic for people to like believe to believe is is way out there, right? And 
I think slowly but surely, like more and more information is starting to come into like the natural mainstream on social media where people can kind of like people who are actually like fitness experts are like saying like, Hey, this stuff is not realistic and this guy's bunch is full of shit. Yeah. So to speak. And they're just trying to sell you on something. And because their performance in the enhance, they're trying to sell the supplements. So you think that if you take it, somebody, you're going to look like them. Yeah. Right. And I think more and more people are starting to catch on that. There's still a good portion of the public. That's well, very, I can't tell you a bunch of people still believe. That. Oh, no doubt. Like there's still a big portion of the public who is not educated whatsoever when it comes to health and fitness. And you see somebody like that, right, who looks the part. And so you just automatically believe like, okay, well, that's what he does is what I need to do, so mm-hmm. to speak. And so um, that's the very, very frustrating part. And that's why we're kind of in the situation we are in now is that, you know, people like that make people believe it's just a supplement game and very, very simple tools. And it's like you just – it's not how things it's not, are realistic. It's not and, then, and, then, uh, and then another thing I saw the other day. I was, have, you actually, hold on. have you tried liver? Like raw liver. No, I've never, have you tried raw liver? No. 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 So from what I know of, from what I've seen and read up on. I know it smells terrible. Now, they do, now, they do say like liver is one of the most nutritional dense foods that you can possibly consume. But it's like, but you have to eat it raw. Raw. You cannot cook it. So people like old school, people like. So like Jake like, Manuel, for instance, like I think he does both. So old school, like, you know, grandparents like that, they ate liver, right? But a lot of times it was cooked a certain way. Mm-hmm. Well, when you cook it, you end up cooking out a lot of the nu- nutritional factors of it, so to speak. So eating it raw is the most health benefits to it. But from what I've kind of read upon and seen, most people, the only way they can really stomach it is they have to eat it with, like, basically covered in maple syrup. Syrup? Like maple syrup. Just, like, dip it. Like, basically, you have a cup of maple syrup and you... Put it liver like a piece of liver before, dip it in there. Basically, just dunk it and then try to eat it that way. What? It's the only way it's I've like seen. Of the yeah, flavor, I, guess I, guess. I guess that's the only way I've seen people actually be able to stomach it. Huh. Okay. I've never personally tried it. I just don't think that's something that you have to do really. Okay. Um, I like sushi, but I don't know about that, my guy. That's getting a little out there. Like, yeah. and then people will like. Doing bone marrow, oh, dude, drinking dude, blood. They was on a Logan Paul podcast. I don't even watch Logan. Liver Paul, King was. Yeah, but he popped up, and uh, it was a little clip. It and he had a big. He pretty much brought all the like little podcast people over there, like liver and all these different mm-hmm. things, and then the bones, and they literally like scraped the bone marrow out of the bone. Yeah. and just like ate it, and yeah. I was like, "What is happening?" Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty off-the-wall stuff. It's kind of out there. Um, I imagine it's good for you. Don't get me wrong. I do imagine Yeah, I'm not going to say like it's not like something that it has some health benefits. Good. I'm just more on the lines of do you have to do that to see – if you were to take care of just like eating natural foods, more whole foods on a regular basis and working on a, regular, on a strict standard on a regular basis and getting enough sleep and adequate water intake, I feel like that can get you – Pretty good ways. Pretty freaking long yeah. ways compared to doing extreme things like eating liver and bone marrow and testicles and But it's crazy that people and, would rather do like some of the extreme things than just like do well, like the basic stuff. That's how it is though. Like that's I would rather are. eat raw liver and almost puke every day Yes. rather than just like eat like a chicken breast and like eat your – drink your water and do all that. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, that's kind of the deal. Like the only people you see really doing that are people who are – so invested in their health and wellness, right? They're already, they've been doing those things for 
20, 20 plus years, yeah. right? They've That's been, just like a supplement. Probably. That is like to a degree like, hey, I'm going to dive into something new and take it up an extra few percentage points, mm-hmm. right? Like let me explore this one little thing that I haven't before, but they're still sleeping like they should. They're still working out like they should. They're still drinking plenty of water. You know, they're eating like they should, but they put this stuff out there, right? Because it gets gets views, it gets clickbait. And so people watch it and because they, they think because, oh, this person looked extremely healthy. They look, they look the part, right? That's what I should do. And it's like, dude, you didn't see the last 20 years before this, they've been working out, you know, six days a week. They, you know, out, they handled the nutrition for this X amount of period of time. They didn't start doing that. This isn't a month journey, right? Yeah, they didn't, they didn't just do, do that the first week and started to get healthy. And I think so many people fall into that trap of doing that. And, you know, I think that's just one of those things where you don't have to jump into those extreme measures yeah. to see so much benefit. Um, and then I was listening to uh, something else and they were talking about how they're predicting as of right now, if it's 2040 or 2045, that the diabetes rate in America will double. Double? Double within the next 20 years. In like 20 roughly. years? Yeah. Goal. Which is crazy. That's kind of crazy to think about. Because I mean, I feel like we're already like, this is not good. Well, we're already in a bad <laughs> We're spot, not in a good right? spot right no, now. No, we're not in a good spot at all. Um, you know, as much stride as we have with the information that we have, it seems like it's even only gotten worse over a period of time. And it's one of those things is just as, we I mean, even think back to our grandparents, right? They didn't have nearly the amount of resources that we have nowadays, right? I was even talking to Matt Bell one time, and he was talking about his father, like asking him, you know, what's the biggest change that you've seen in your lifetime? He was like, uh, probably electricity. Like how crazy is that to think that two generations ago from Cooper Bell, that he literally, first half of his lifetime didn't have didn't electricity. Didn't have any electricity. And look at where we are now, right? We go to a hurricane, we go a few weeks of electricity, and it's like a big freaking deal. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? And back when you're in the 1920s, 1930s, right? Like, you, if you had a craving for something, like for a candy bar, it just wasn't so simple of just going to get a candy bar, right? Or like getting water intake, and like you just kind of dealt with things. If you were like hungry, you're just like, well, I mean, we need I don't have food. Right. I don't have food readily available, right? Either I have to go make food or, you know, it's got to deal with my hunger, right? And Or the only thing you really had available to you was water. You didn't have a Starbucks down the corner. Yeah. You, you couldn't, couldn't go, go, buy, go to the gas station. You only go to the gas station to buy a Coke all yeah. the time, right? Like it was one of those things where you lived off the land and you had whatever natural resources you had available to you. And like you just kind of dealt with hunger and obviously people weren't as sedentary as they were then either. So you had to move more, right? Like... And as, you know, a hundred years have now passed, you know, everything's really available at all points in time. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's pretty crazy that even though the information that we have available now, how we're slowly still keep creeping towards that, towards that unhealthy side. Like, right. Yeah. And so anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting to think that, that it's crazy that we're already in the best situation as we are as a nation as a world in general, when it comes to our health standpoint, it's only going to get worse over the next 20 years, which is pretty crazy. It's thing not a good thing to hear. <laughs> no, it's not a good thing. It's not, not encouraging. No. By means, but it is what it is, I guess. I guess. So I guess that kind of brings us on to our, uh, our subject. So I guess that was a, kind of surprised you with this one. Have you ever heard of the marshmallow effect? No. No. So it has to do more like delayed gratification. And so okay. it's, so now, so they did a study. I don't know exactly what year the study was done. So I guess it was probably in the 90s, early 2000s. Um, I think it was the early 2000s. Uh, they did what's called, the, what's called now the marshmallow effect. Um, so essentially what they had was 
like somebody like Carter's age, like preschool, kindergarten level, and they put them in a room and they put a marshmallow in front of them and said, we'll be back in, like I think it's like five minutes. We'll be back in, we're gonna come back in five minutes. If you don't eat this okay. marshmallow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, if you don't eat this marshmallow, you'll get two marshmallows. And so obviously they did hundreds of kids this way to see how they would react. And you know, you obviously have some, they would wait it out for the five minutes, get two marshmallows, and you have some that might sat there for a minute, two minutes, but the temptation of the marshmallow just sitting Fish there, they picture this is gobbling, right? right? But then they took the study one step further where they went back to these kids 20, 25 years down the road and see and, and looked at how they were, you know, in their adult life. And what they found were the kids who could delay the gratification and get two marshmallows were the kids who had better health, better paying jobs, better relationships, better stress levels compared to the kids who didn't delay the gratification and instantly want the instant gratification of eating the marshmallow was a complete inverse of that. Huh. So, and so it was kind of a, a so I was kind of reading up on this the other day. It's really something I want to kind of talk about it. So I thought, and I've heard it before and it's kind of read back up on it again. And so, you know, and how that obviously relates to health and wellness, you know, so it's because, you know, we just talked about the, the epidemic of diabetes that we're having in the nation, you know, and everybody who much knows as a nation, that we're only getting more unhealthy, more unfit as we progress further down this timeline. And it's one of those things, obviously the hardest part about health and fitness is the fact that you do have to have some type of form of delayed gratification that to truly see progress, progress and have a healthy fit life down the road, right? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't happen in a couple of days, a couple of weeks, like right? even to a degree, a couple of months, it doesn't really happen that quickly, right? And so it's, it's starting to realize you have to trust the process because that's one thing they did as well in the study was, so they, they did a portion of the study to where they put something on top of the marshmallow and they found that kids were more likely to not eat the marshmallow if it was kind of out of sight, out of mind, so to speak. Okay. I guess I'm a little ahead like of myself. Kind of where they couldn't see it. They couldn't see it. So they're still sitting in front of them, but they kind of hit, they put like, you know, another bowl on top of it mm-hmm. they couldn't see the marshmallow. But they found was if they repeat the study again and they broke the child's trust, they said, okay, we'll be back in five minutes and we'll give you another marshmallow. So say five minutes, they walk in and they go into the room and they don't give them the marshmallow, they walk back out. They then broke the kid's trust and the kid just goes ahead and eats the marshmallow anyway. So they're like, Mm -hmm. well, apparently I'm not getting the second marshmallow. They're still going to eat it, right? So kind of to a degree, it's like trusting in the process that you're gonna see the results that you want. So I think where people make the mistake of when it comes to health and wellness and delaying that gratification is that you have to truly believe in the fact that you're gonna see results. Results, you have to trust into the process, right? If you truly don't believe in the process that you're doing, then the likelihood of you sticking with the program is not very high, mm-hmm. right? It's almost to a degree, it's like when it comes to finances, if we're at 300% inflation right now as a country, and you're like, do I really want to sit on this $10,000 or do I just want to go ahead and, and spend it on a boat anyways, right? right? And just blow because I'm not going to see that money anyways, right? So you have to trust that in the long run that the investment's going to pay off, right? And the same thing like when you put money in the stock market, you're going to trust in the long run that that money is going to make more money in the future, mm-hmm. right? It's the same concept when it comes to your health and fitness where you have to trust in the process that 
the the time and energy you're putting in now is going to pay off. Is going to pay off in the long run, right? You're not going to see the investment today. You're not going to see the return on investment right now. I'll go put stock market money in stock market today. I'm not going to pull it back out tomorrow and see any return on my investment. Yeah. There, you're going to have to sit on that investment to see some type of return. And it's the same as that concept with your health and fitness where you have to trust that what I'm doing today is not going to see investments tomorrow, not even next month, but months down the road. Yeah. And we're stuck in that grind of people want to do something today and they want to see the results yesterday. Right? And like, it's just one of those things that people are not consistent enough yesterday. Wow, look, it's right here. There you go. Found the cocliff. We're good now? <laughs> oh, we're getting whining. I told you it's about this time. She was starting to fall off. And so uh, it's, it's kind of one of those things that I wanted to, you know, it's still going to be a super long podcast, but I thought it was kind of an interesting topic of conversation was thinking about that process with people. And I know, I know we've had this discussion before, especially with new incoming people that sometimes – they can have kind of that mindset of they come in for two weeks and they fizzle out very quickly, yeah. right? And that's I think that's more often than not most of the population is that they can get on a kick, you know, for a couple weeks, maybe a month at the most, just to fall I'm off about again. To say, normally around a month, you probably start seeing people fall off. Yeah, and I think it's it's more that mindset they, they expect such a quick return on the effort they're putting in. <clears throat> and you're gonna have to delay that gratification for weeks and months before you really start seeing true progress, right? Like I'll say at bare minimum, like, like we talked about before the podcast of how consistent you're going to have to be, right? A good 90 days, three months yeah. of like consistently coming in, consistently, consistently, consistently tracking your nutrition, yeah. consistently sleeping right, things like that before you can really say, okay, do we need to maneuver the game plan? Until then, you can't really say anything. And it's usually about 90 days is where most people can kind of start, you see that tick over start happening, mm-hmm. right? Like we see people with new people coming in is that if they can come in consistently for three months. That's about where you start seeing that mental transformation start to happen. And they start to realize, oh, this is what it's going to take for this me to start taking progress, right? And then for the current members that we have, right? I think the biggest thing with them is they've obviously have now set the standard of coming in consistently, right? But now maybe it's more being more consistent with their nutritional habits yeah. or more consistent with, if they're wanting to work on a particular movement, being more consistent coming on a regular basis and working on kind of fine-tuning, fine-tuning their movement patterns or layering in a little bit more intensity over a period of time. It's, but the thing is like, because you start now, doesn't mean you're going to see the results tomorrow, yeah. you know? And so, it just can be applied to somebody starting off new or can be applied to even with your current situation. Be applied to anything, really. Obviously, we're going to try to stick around and talk about you can apply the same thing. anything in life. But we're talking more so when it comes to you know health and fitness, and especially I know I'm always kind of harping on nutrition, because but it's such a big factor that people have a hard time with yeah. is the nutritional factor because it's always there and it's always in front of your face. And until you can consistently – for a degree like just so we're doing the the, the, the straight by summer challenge is consistently eating proper amounts of protein and proper whole food options and start start looking at your calorie intake you're gonna have a really hard time seeing results in the long run mm-hmm. if you're not doing those things on a regular basis 
like week after week after week, not just like one week, not two weeks, but like strung together like months on end, right? There's, it's not always the case, but people I usually work with nutritionally wise, like it usually takes a good two or three months from there to really kind of get in the groove of things, right? Like start like kind of like get the hang of it almost? Really get the hang of it and like understanding. Like find like, that routine. Yeah. Like, like actually be able to wake up and like not have to think about well, it. Well, start realizing, okay, this is like the process of really what's going to look like, right? Because it's, it's, it's building new habits and building new routines in their, in their lifestyle, especially like on the weekends. And so it really takes like about a good 8 to 12 weeks for them to kind of really get into that routine and what it looks like. And we kind of slowly sprinkle in things over a period of time. But like I said, it, it really takes them about that period of time to really fall into a groove with it. And that's when we really start seeing good results with them. We can start making adjustments with them. Now, there are some people like Haley, right? They basically jump in and immediately Crush put the nice. switch and see progress right but from the get go, like, right? But she's but she's a rarity, right? right? Like yeah. I always tell her like you kind of I feel bad to a degree because I'm like, I don't even know what I can tell you, you right do, now because right? you're seeing such good results. <laughs> right? You like because everything we talked about right from the beginning, she just implemented right from the get go, mm-hmm. right? But for most people that's not the case. They they, they can make they think take can take one thing, apply that, be consistent with her two weeks, and then we apply another thing do that for two weeks, right? It's a slow layered in progression of habits over habits, but that takes time. Yeah. Um, but the, I always tell people is, because they might get frustrated at some point in time through the journey is, what is the other option just to quit and then regress and lose all the progress you're doing now? Mm-hmm. All you can do is keep trying and then we maneuver things as needed, right? But you can't quit the process, yeah. right? This is, this is a never ending journey. It never stops. There's always something to keep working on. Like it's not... Health and fitness is not like a there's not an end point. Right, you're it's never a, just gonna be you're never gonna finish this game. No, there's you're never gonna reach the peak of the mountain, yeah. right? There's always something you're gonna keep working towards. There's always something that you know you're gonna want to tweak, maneuver, whatever it may be. And even if you do happen to get to this point in time where you're like, okay, I'm as as fit and as as healthy and as aesthetically pleasing as I would like to look ever in my life. Well, guess what? You still got to work to keep it. Yeah, then, you know? yeah, that's true. And once so, you get something, now you have to work to keep it. Right? Now you still have to keep it, right? It's a little bit easier once you get there to keep it, but you still got to do some work to maintain that. And so kind of to sum this all up and put a bow on it, right, is is don't be that kid who, you know, sits there for 60 seconds and then wants to eat the marshmallow already, yeah. right? Delay that gratification a little bit longer. Obviously, everybody's kind of heard that, especially nowadays. But it's just kind of sometimes good to reinforce that, you know, that mindset of, not focusing in so much on what the end goal is and focusing more on what the process is. I've actually learned <clears throat> to love the process. Well, it's, it's, kind of the well, it's really the only right? people I've ever noticed who really see good progress, right? It's not, they're you not so... enjoy that journey, right? Yeah, they're not so... Rat, like, to a degree, yeah, they have goals, right? They have something they want to try to achieve, and that's great. But that's not the thing that necessarily keeps them coming in always, per se. That's a piece of the puzzle, but they just truly just like doing what they're doing, mm-hmm. right? They, they truly like coming to the gym on a regular basis. They truly love like taking control of their nutrition because of the way that it makes them feel, the way it makes them look. They're, they they understand that by me doing this, it's going to give me a certain result. Well, they, but I think so many people, what they get, especially when it comes to nutrition, is they look at it as like a deterrent, like, like I have to eat this. Like, oh, like this sucks. Like I have to eat this Like I, chicken, the, right? that this is so miserable. 
And they have such a bad mindset with it that it's not sustainable anymore. And that's why you see such a big drop off. When you have the other person clearly doing the same thing, and their mindset is more like, this excites me because mm-hmm. of the fact that what it's going to give me because of doing it, right? They know the byproduct of doing it, right? Like, like it's just the same thing, you know, if you're outside or men on the workout, right? Like it's by me stressing my body, I know the results it's gonna give me, right? Like it keeps you coming back because you see the progress, you know the intervals gonna give you, but the person who's like, fuck, I hate working out, this shit sucks, like this is the most miserable thing ever, here. like why am I here? They don't, they're not even thinking about the end result. They're just thinking about how miserable they are. They're thinking about, I can't wait for this hour to be up, right? Go home, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, this is one thing you have to enjoy it, actually what you're doing. And most people who can fall into that level, that process, or people see the results because it's something, it's just who they are. Yeah. It's their identity, so to speak. And they can't imagine really going too long without doing it, right? You're, you might have somebody who might take a couple of days off from like working out or tracking nutrition, but if you, have that itch after a couple of days, like to get back into a routine of it, usually you're on the right track. Yeah. If you're usually somebody who can take a few days off and you have to force yourself to go back to get the gym or get back to nutrition routine, you know you're probably a little bit more in trouble because of the fact that you're not really loving the process anymore mm-hmm. and you're not in love with the end goal of what it's going to give you. I think it's the biggest separator between people who find health and fitness and find themselves in a, in a to a point that they're pleased with for someone who isn't yeah is the fact of the matter they they enjoy what they're doing and they see that what the the benefits of what they're, they're going to get out of that what they're doing currently mm-hmm. and they know that at the end of the game uh i think it's the biggest biggest thing um there was something else i want to say about it but i don't remember what i was going to say now but is there anything else you want to add to that no i feel like it's a pretty good topic i, I feel like people can definitely get something from this one and like kind of maybe like put that into their own lifestyle and hopefully change something for them. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, like I said, uh, you know, that maybe rang some bells with you. Uh, like I said, just enjoy the process more than anything else. Don't focus so much on the end output because ultimately to a degree you can't control what the ultimate output is going to be. Same thing if you were to go to a competition or a sport, right? You can't ultimately control what place you're going to fall into if you're going to win an event or not. Like you ultimately can't control those limiting factors. All you can ultimately control is the effort and the things that, that you, you can do, forward, right? right? Like all you can do is control like how, how, how I'm doing on my food intake, how, how consistent I am on my workout. So it's the only, your action is the only thing you really can control. You can't control the ultimate outcome at the end yeah. of the day. Right. And so, um, so stay consistent with your goals, trust into the process. And you have to truly believe like by me doing this, this is what it's, the end results that it's going to give me, mm-hmm. right? And those are the people who can delay the gratification or the people who can trust that process and enjoy that process, knowing that at the end of the day, it's going to give me at this particular point in time, yeah. right? And like I said, it's, it's one of those things you do have to be happy the now and be happy with how things are going and enjoy that process to do it. Okay. So, But hopefully that helped you guys out, um, and then we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace, love, possible.